What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, January 5th, 2017. It's weird saying that. Uh, and you guys are listening to episode 288. That is right, 2017. Hope everybody had a good New Year's. Um, New Year's Eve, everybody was safe. Uh, learned from your mistakes on prior New Year's Eves. I know that I have, especially the dumb one of going to New York City and standing in Times Square in the cold for fucking nine hours so you could get a glimpse of Ryan Seacrest and Jenny McCarthy. Um, but uh, I hope everybody had a good time in between. Uh, I had a great, uh, I had a great New Year's because I got to stay home with my family. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, just have a great show for you guys today. Um, a great episode 288. I just got home, just got dropped off, uh, just got dropped off from the car service, which made me sick. Um, did the uh, NFL Network's Good Morning Football. Again, I made like my fifth appearance on the show. I think the fourth one that aired because I did a test show, but uh, we're doing the Unacceptables on there and everybody seems to be loving them. Uh, shout out to those guys, man. I love those guys, the producers, both producers, David, both, there's a bunch of Davids. Uh, both producers, David, uh, Brian Cohn, uh, you know, obviously Peter Schrager, uh, Kyle, Kay, uh, Nate, all the people um, on uh, Good Morning Football, man, everybody, all the producers, everybody's so cool there. Just did uh, just did the Unacceptables, talked a little bit about the Giants picture on a boat and uh, <laughs> with no shirts on and jeans and Timberland boots. So we talked about that. A couple of other uh, NFL Unacceptables. You could check that out. You could go to NFLnetwork.com, click on Good Morning Football. You'll see all the clips on there. Uh, Chris Sims was on the show. Amani Toomer was on the show. Um, they had me for the comedic relief, and uh, it was a great time, as always. I just got back from there. But, um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff, sports, you know, with uh, the Knicks stinking and the Giants' big game this Sunday. Saw a movie on Netflix that I wanted to talk to you guys about, so we're going to get into that, okay? Um, and, uh, yeah, just a, just a lot of stuff. Uh, unacceptables, of course. My unacceptable, your guys' unacceptables. Uh, is a full-packed show here on uh, 288, and our first show of 2017. We will make it a good one. Um, but first, of course, the Verzi Effect has to shout out the sponsors. Verzi Effect Podcast, sponsored by City Living Dog and City Living Dog Services, uh, CityLivingDog.com and Coach Mike, one of the best dog trainers out there. Um, please check out Coach Mike and City Living Dog. If uh, you have issues with your canine, if you need to pick a dog, you don't know what to do, reach out, talk to uh, Coach Mike, um, let him know. He has amazing YouTube clips uh, that you could go to. You could check him out on all of his social media um, outlets, uh, whether it would be uh, Facebook, um, Twitter, all of them, uh, Instagram, and of course his YouTube. Uh, he does live Facebook um, training with these dogs, and he truly is um, an amazing trainer. Uh, Coach Mike has been doing this for 17 years, came to my home, worked with Lloyd privately, and uh, I have to say my wife and I would both agree that Lloyd is definitely a better dog after one visit, and we uh, plan to have Coach Mike back here again. And when I tell you guys that my dog is a fucking wolf, you know, one time if we ever, if I ever get an opportunity to have um, Mike on the show to talk about dogs, I know, because even Mike said, he's like, because I said, is Lloyd worse 
better, easier, or what you thought he would be? And he's like, no, no, I mean, he's kind of what I thought he would be. But he even said, he goes, you got a, you got a stubborn one. I had another uh, friend of mine look at my dog, who's a dog trainer, and say, your dog is fucking a stubborn, prideful, doesn't want to be told what to do asshole. And he is. But he's better. He's amazing. I'm bonding with him now. I'm, I'm having better better times with him. As I say that, I got him strapped outside so he doesn't fucking interrupt this podcast and I don't want him to get too cold. So I may have to bring him in. Uh, I think we're getting ready for a snowstorm, but please check out, um, citylivingdog.com, city living services, coach Mike, check out all of his, uh, just Google city living dog and check out all of his YouTube clips and, uh, what he does with these dogs. Also all things comedy guys go to allthingscomedy.com. Big announcements coming from all things comedy where they're going to be putting out content. They're going to be putting out clips and video content. I, I, I believe that's that, that's the plan. Um, don't have the exact, don't exactly know what they're going to be doing yet, but I know it's going to be exciting. It's going to be expanding, and uh, it's going to be more opportunities. Amazing, amazing place to have my podcast. Uh, they're amazing. Um, if you love podcasts, please check out All Things Comedy. Also, follow them on Twitter, at All Things Comedy, and uh, check out their albums that they have there, All Things Records. Um, they're always putting out great uh, comedy records. I was very proud to have my album do as well as it did, and they were the label that gave me the chance. Okay, everybody. Uh, what did you do for New Year's? I, I When I say you learn from your mistakes on New Year's, everybody, I would say, who's in their 30s, maybe late 20s, but I feel like late 20s, you still have a lot more mistakes to make. Listen, I'm only in my 30s. Lord knows I have a lot more mistakes to make. I hope uh, I'm not going to, knock on wood. But, um, you know, I did the thing as a young kid. You and your friends get on the train. You go down to Manhattan. You're drinking vodka shots on the way down. You think you're cool. You're buying beers in the streets. You're drinking down there, and you stand in a crowd of people, and there's confetti, and you think it's cool, and then you realize, my toes are fucking frozen, okay? There's a million people that I don't know. People could pickpocket me any moment right now. Why am I doing this? I'm not warm. I should be in a nice place sitting down in front of a warm plate of food, a glass of champagne, and a cocktail, and instead, I'm standing around a bunch of animals in Times Square. So I did not do that. Um, I actually worked. And I can't tell you, I had such an amazing time. I had such an amazing time. And uh, I worked, I did a four-headliner show. Did a four-headliner show at the Schubert Theater in New Haven. Beautiful theater. Theater that's about, I think it's like 103 years old. Just beautiful. Three decks. Um, Like I said, it seats about 1,600 people. um, And it was mobbed in there. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but there was easily... Uh, you know, over a thousand, I mean, 12, 1300 people. It was, you know, I don't even know. It might've sold out, but, um, it was so cool. It was me, uh, and very funny comedians, uh, Eric McMahon, Sean Donnelly, Ross Bennett, um, just, you know, all professional nationally headlining, um, you know, comics. We all did 25 minutes each. Uh, they all brought their wives and they were all dressed nice and stuff like that. Me, my wife and kids were home, and I was only an hour from home, so I said, look, I'm going to get off stage. I'm doing 25 minutes in this nice theater. I'm going to get paid, and I'm coming home. I got to do that. I got to get to my house probably around uh, 10.30. I got to my house around 10.30-ish on uh, New Year's Eve. My kids took a nap so they could stay up and watch the ball drop and hang out with mom and dad because we were both going to be home on New Year's Eve, which is really rare. Um, so last year, I mean, because last year, 
My wife and I were in Los Angeles. I performed at the Orpheum with all my boys. We did that show out there. And then I went out to the Rose Bowl. Um, so uh, the kids were uh, not with their mom or dad. This year we were all together. And um, just great. Just a, a great time. We uh, had our noisemakers. We watched uh, New Year's Rock and Eve. I had to change the Mariah Carey. I actually, actually had to change the Mariah Carey thing. The Mariah Carey thing was so uncomfortable that I, I could not watch. I don't know if it's because I'm a performer or I don't know if it's just you never want to see that. But like just the thought and the pain that was going on and she couldn't even sing and lip sync it. It was just so bad and she just had to walk around during the entire song and talk to the crowd. It was absolutely brutal. Um, but we just watched. I got to be honest. I'm not going to lie. This is one of the weaker I feel like as bad of a year as 2016 was, I felt like the New Year's Eve part of it was awful too. I felt like the live performances weren't great and I just didn't I didn't like the whole TV thing, but I did like being home with my family. Um everything was great. The crowd, I want to shout out to the crowd at the Schubert Theater it was amazing. I got good feedback and I had a great time. I was doing a bunch of new stuff. Um unfortunately, something happened where I got, you know, I got I did a, a controversial joke. And somebody wrote to me and was like, uh, you know, you have kids, you shouldn't talk about that. And um, I was like, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you didn't listen to the joke properly. And, uh, you know, so it is what it is. And I normally, I never, ever um, go back and forth with an audience member. I never, you know, if somebody says something on Twitter, like if I do something on TV, like usually how it works, and I've talked to people that have, you know, people in the business longer than me. And as you move up in the business and show business and you do television and you get seen and more known, there's always going to be the haters that come with it. And that's fine. I mean, that's that's like you, you get that in stand-up. You get that with whatever you do. The more success you get, the more shit like that happens. So well, what would happen is you would always, like, for example, you do a TV spot or somebody comes out and sees you and you get like 20, let's just say the number 25. You get 25 tweets. And out of the 25 tweets, like 22 of them are like, dude, so funny, or I loved it, or, you know, blah, 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 great job. Then there's a two or three people. What are you trying to be like this? Or you're an asshole, or why would you say that? Or not funny at all. You always deal with those two or three people. And what you have to do in this business is you have to ignore it. Uh, you never give that legs. But I talked about something controversial and uh, uh, an elderly uh, an elderly man, like an older guy I saw, he said something about it. And he said, uh, you know, you shouldn't talk like that. You got kids. And I kind of was like, it bothered me. Not that, not listen, not that I'm not going to do the joke anymore. Not that I'm going to apologize. But it bothered me that the person didn't really listen to the premise of the joke. And, uh, and we went back and forth and, uh, you know, and I just said what I had to say. And then he said what he had to say. And it was like the first time, but I felt like I really got to say my piece and say, look, and part of it was, I was like, look, man, you got to understand when you come to a comedy show, things are going to be said. And you clearly didn't understand my point of view. And if you clearly understand, you know, I basically said to this audience member who was upset, like you're listening for a buzzword and you're not listening to what I'm saying. You know, if you really listen to what I'm saying. Now, you could not like the joke. That's fine. You don't have to like any joke. Not everything is funny to everybody. I get that. But it was an honest thought I had. And it was an honest thought I think a lot of people had. And this guy heard buzzwords in it. And it just made him upset. And for the first time, very rarely, I actually wrote back and said my piece. And it felt good. 
It felt good, and it wasn't like a back and forth. It was just like he said what he wanted to say, I said what I wanted to say, and we leave it at that. Um, and you can't get mad anymore. So if there's any comics or any performers at all listening to this, whether you're an actor, you're a musician, or whatever, um, and you're coming up or whatever, you deal with that. You just got to be like, look, man, so you're always going to... It's like, look, if you, if you do a joke about overdosing on heroin... Chances are somebody in the crowd knows somebody that overdosed on her. And that's not my joke. My joke wasn't that. But but my joke is some, similar to that. My joke could actually be worse than that uh, for some people. I'm just using an example. Somebody dies of a heroin overdose and knows somebody, um, or, or, you know, or the person, that, the, the person that, that died of an overdose has family and friends out at a comedy club and a comedian does a joke about that. You got to understand something. That could be the comedian trying to make light of something. That could be the comedian. Um, maybe they dealt with it in a certain way. Um, for example, Lori Kilmartin, a very funny comedian, she did a special that's out on CISO. And I think it's called like 45 Jokes About My Dead Dad or something. And she basically live tweeted her father's last days. And some people looked at it weird, but she looked at it like that was the way she coped with it. That's the way she dealt with it. Now, I'm not saying I would do that. I'm not saying that anybody should say that that's right or not. But what I'm saying is in comedy, when it comes to jokes and it comes to dealing with things and coping it with it your way, that's it. Me, I have a joke where it's an honest thought. And I understand it could rub people the wrong way. You guys will probably see it soon. But it's a joke that makes people get a little... But if you're really listening to what I'm saying, I'm kind of mocking myself and I'm kind of talking about how my mind is fucked up and, uh, and you have to listen to it instead of listening to buzzwords. And it felt really good to deal with that. But hate mail is something that is always going to come. You know, somebody's going to hate. You know, I remember I did a segment on um, NFL Network and it was an amazing segment. We all had such a good time. It was not just because of me. Everything flowed. It was great. The jokes were hitting and we we're just all there talking, having a good time. And I got a ton of great feedback. I got a ton of great feedback on uh, on Twitter and everything. And then one person's like, yeah, well, you don't know shit about, you know, the, don't talk about my city like that. You don't know shit about what's really in this city. And you're not funny. And I'm like, okay, so this person is really not understanding that I'm a comedian doing a comedic segment on a show, making fun of everything and anything. And you just heard your city's name and you're going to get mad. That's how people are. That's how people are. It's just if you don't like something, you get really, really upset about it. If one thing is, if one thing is said, that that's what happens. Um, but and you shouldn't. I broke a card. No, I, I shouldn't have talked to the gentleman that had a problem. But he personally attacked me. Or yeah, he personally insulted me. I should say, he insulted me and said something he shouldn't have said. He insulted me verbally, and um, and I was like, look, dude, don't you don't know me. You don't know me, you know? So I also am going to stick up for myself a little bit. You're going to come at me like that and say that. And, um, you know, and then I understood where he came from and what happened. And I talked about uh, a, a violent act. And that violent act had uh, taken taken place, uh, you know, that that's I think it was close to home to this gentleman. But I, I wasn't promoting the violent act, really. I was basically, you know, doing a joke about it. So, um there you go. I mean, that's, uh, but it was, it was fine. It was nice to just say that and that's it. And it's no big deal. And you just move on and that's, what's going to happen. Um, 
but I am liking 2017. I'm, I'm really, you know, this year I feel like, you know, with a lot of things coming this year and, and what, I guess somebody said something to me, somebody said something to me that really, um, it's really, I, I don't know, just resonated with me in a, in a certain way. And they were like, you know, you can't in life, right? And I don't mean to be, phil- you know, philosophical and shit. I know half of you guys are like, all right, yeah, get to the jokes, dickhead. All right, let's get to these unacceptables. I don't give a fuck, but just hear me out for a second. Um, I feel like I'm arguing with nobody. I literally just said that as if somebody was at the cross from me going, no, come on, wrap this up like a producer is telling me to move on to something else. But I feel like, you know, instead of just getting crazy and putting so much pressure on yourself, because everyone's like, man, you know, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to do this and to do that. And it's not even that I put pressure on myself. It's just that I want to be to, you know, I'm trying to make sure that the shit that I put out every, you know, everybody, it, it's me mostly and it's honest. And then I realize as long as I'm honest and I am me, I don't need to put pressure on myself. So the, um, there's a couple of new year's resolutions and one is to just kind of just do what I do, go with the flow and enjoy Enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, enjoy it. And that goes for everybody. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy what you're doing. Go with the flow. Take care of yourself. That's the other thing. I'm taking care of myself. Uh, I signed up for a gym. Me and my family signed up for a gym. Um, so we're going to be, you know, trying to be in uh, better health this year. Uh, it's just with me, guys. I just can't lay off the fucking candy. I just can't. I'm not even trying to be funny here. I'm, I'm honestly not. You guys know, new listeners, you probably don't know. I've talked about it a long time ago. Uh, I'm addicted to candy. I am addicted to, I would probably be, because I'm always like, I feel like I'm always like 12 to 15 pounds over where I should be. Like if I lost 15 pounds, I feel like I would look exactly kind of how I wanted to look. I would, you know, everything, you know, your clothes fit better. And then I started to lose some weight. And then right when I started to lose some weight, the holidays came. I tried to keep control of the holidays. I probably only gained a few back. But I can't lay off of certain things, okay? Like gummy bears are left in my house a lot. Gummy worms and shit. And then they make the gummy bears sour. And and the gummy worms sour. I can't lay off that shit. Taffy, any kind of taffy, I can't lay off the shit. I just can't. I can't. Jelly beans, I can't leave it. You know, my wife's got jars of candy everywhere, which I love. I mean, I love that about her, that she, she's, you know, but I can't, you know, I just can't not do it. I mean, it's so hard for me. It's, it's honestly so hard for me to not eat candy. And I don't know what, I don't know what it is. And then my son got all this candy from, and then my stocking, my wife loaded my stocking with candy because I'm convinced my wife does not want me to lose the 15 pounds. I'm convinced that my wife does not want me to look better. Even though she might say she does, my wife does not want me to look better. You know? And and I could tell. Just She tests me. Like, she'll eat something, and if it's not good on her plate, and I mean health-wise not good, she'll know, she'll leave, like, just, like, enough. She'll leave, like, 15% of the plate there just hanging around like a fucking trap for me. And I'm telling you, my house always has cookies, my house always has candy, and I cannot lay off of it. I'm not even kidding. To the point where it would, if if candy was a drug addiction, I would have to go to rehab. I'm not even kidding. That's what I could say. 
if like eating gummy bears and Skittles and Starbursts and shit like that was like, if the doctor said, you know the way you're like, yo, how, you know, the doctor told you five times you can't do it or you're going to die. And these fucking people do it. Or you see people relapse on drugs and you're like, how the fuck did he get caught again? I'm like that with candy. If a doctor said to me, listen, man, like 20 gummy bears a day is going to kill you in a few years. I would try to, I'd do like five gummy bears a day still. Uh, so that's the one thing I'm really, really trying to do is just get candy away from my life. It's, uh, I love candy. And then, and then when you try to stay away from it, guess what, everybody? We're going to go to the movies. Yeah, we're going to go see fucking Star Wars and a bunch of us are going to go. What do you think? I'm not getting a vat of fucking popcorn, a a drink and, and gummy bears or Sour Patch Kids. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible. Is it, tell me how hard, going to the movies and not eating candy for me, it's like, it'd be, I don't even know the sexual, I'm trying to go sex here, because sex is a temptation thing, right? So I guess it would be like, no, that's a little too much. All right, never mind, never mind that. I was going to take it to another level, no reason to. You know what I'm saying, I don't need to do the analogy. Uh, so I'm trying to lay off the, I'm trying to lay off the sweets. You know, um, but I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm loving the sweets. I'm loving cakes now. It's almost impossible for me to eat a meal and not have something sweet after it, like a little cookie, something. <laughs> I should name my album, my next hour that little cookie or something. Um, but yeah, so that's the goal. Going to the gym, taking care of myself and that's it, man. I'm just going to, I'm going to try to enjoy. I think everybody needs to enjoy Enjoy 2017. Love one another. I saw something on, um, I saw something that was made me really think. I was watching um, Impractical Jokers, which I love, by the way. My two shows, Impractical Jokers and Shark Tank. But there was this one thing where Impractical Jokers, they were just hugging strangers. And like, it was like all different races and they were hugging and laughing. And you realize, you're like, dude, people are just people. They're actually like, I think all of the things, I really had this thought where, I think all of the things that you're taught as a kid, all of the things your parents or your grandparents, and they all have opinions. Everybody's parents and grandparents have told them something. They've either said to never judge a certain group of people or to judge a certain group of people or this is the way our family has been politically and this is why and this is what you're going to do. These are the sports teams we like. This is why you, should, you shouldn't like those sports teams and all that stuff, right? It all comes from where your home is. It all comes from what you've, what you've heard and seen. But imagine if that wasn't the case and if everybody, it put it this way, if everybody grew up with, and this is how everybody should, and unfortunately it didn't happen with, with everybody, it didn't happen with me, but if everybody grew up with, because sometimes you got to go and travel and see the world, right? And you got to fucking like really kind of understand what's real before you can, before you really can understand because it's, it's almost like when you're a toddler and you're coming up and you're growing and talking and walking, you have to learn it. Well, when you're told something or when you live in a bubble or you never left the same neighborhood and then you go out, you almost have to learn, unlearn the things that you were stuck in. So I just felt like if people did that, you know, if people did that, they would understand and like each other so much better. And that's what I think people should do. I know that sounds corny, but it's a new year. Okay. It's a new year. And uh, I want 2017 to be better. I do. I want 2017 to be better. I want less bad news. I want people to enjoy one another. Less violence. 
come out to comedy shows so I stay employed and uh, and just fucking be cool, man. Just be cool. You know, I'm trying to have also another thing. I'm trying to have as little hangovers this year as possible. Meaning, not saying I'm not going to drink, but just say to yourself, don't do that extra shot. Don't do the extra drink that doesn't matter. Wake up feeling good. It's a new me, people. It's a new fucking me. All right? Now let's shit on th- some things that are unacceptable. <laughs> I love how that's what it's going to be. It's it's a new positive 2017, everybody. All right? Now let's find out what's unacceptable and start destroying some people. I got to see if my dog is okay. Hold on one second. Okay, here is my unacceptable. Speaking of my dog, here is my unacceptable. Uh, this is an unresolved unacceptable. Not that things are still ongoing, but I didn't forget it. And I need to find out who did this and get to the bottom of this because it really pissed me off. I was walking my dog. Uh, me and Lloyd were coming down my hill. Uh, my house was about, I would say, four houses down on the left. And we're on the left side of the street where the cars are coming up. And I'm just walking with him and, you know, I'm talking with him and we're just, you know, hanging out and, you know... Uh, this SUV, it was a white Mercedes SUV, is coming up our hill. Now, usually, if you're coming up our hill, you live on the hill because it's a very, you know, it's a very high, you got to get, you know, so there's a couple of streets off of it, but mainly it's one big uh, hill. And I'm walking my dog, and I would say I was only like a foot off of the, the left of the road. Right, And I'm walking down towards this guy. And it's a very quiet road. Nobody else was coming the other way. And this fucking white SUV Mercedes is coming up the hill. And he's just hugging the left side. Hugging the left side. And I'm like, oh, he's going to recognize that a person and his dog are in the street. And there really wasn't much of a shoulder. So it's not like I was being like one of these cyclists where I was, you know, I wasn't being one of these cyclists where I was fucking like hogging the road. So I, uh, I'm like, all right, he's going to see me and my dog and he's going to move over towards like, you know, move, move over. And it's not like, it's not like I wanted him to be in the middle of the street. He could still be in like the left-hand side of the road. And he's just coming at me and my dog to the point where he gets like to the point where if I don't move, he's going to hit and kill me and my dog. And I'm looking and then I fucking kind of stepped out and I put my hand out. Like, what are you going to fucking hit me? And then he stayed in the left and then just went slow. And I waited there. I waited there because it was absolutely ridiculous that I, if I didn't move, he would have killed or hit me and my dog and we'd have been fucked up really badly. And I want to find out which neighbor this is. I want to find out what house it is because when I do run into this person, I'm going to say, look, man, just so you know, I was walking my dog. You clearly saw us and you stayed on the left as if to get out of the way. And I'm going to tell you another thing. If anybody out here fucking does that when my kids are on the street or my dog, I will fucking strangle you to death with my dog's leash. And and I don't give a fuck. And I'm not trying to be a tough guy. You guys realize I would never be in public office? Like, think about this for a second. I would never be... The shit that I've said on my on my podcast, like, would make Trump look like they would find things, you know, if I was like running, if I ever made it to like the primaries, <laughs> they would be like, well, you know, comedian Paul Verzi on his podcast 216 said that he'd pull his dick out and beat somebody to death with it in front of their family and then piss on their dead corpse if he and like it would just be like I just said I would you know strangle somebody with my with my dog's leash. Listen. 
If you fucking are driving recklessly and you don't pay attention to children or people or their animals on the street, you, you have a big fucking problem with me. All right. It was bullshit. It was unacceptable. And I'm, I want to find a person. And just to talk to him. I'm not trying to be a tough guy. I don't want to fight anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man with children. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just going to say, look, man, you know, I would rather them say, you know what? I'm so sorry. I was actually looking for directions and I was looking at the ways on my phone and I didn't see you till last minute. I could accept that. Although it's unacceptable, I could accept that. But I can't accept you just like you see clearly seeing somebody in the street walking their dog and then doing that. And like I said, I wasn't taking up the road like a cyclist. I wasn't being a dick. I was way over to the left where you should be, okay? Like if I was where, if I saw a cyclist, I'd be like, all right, I get there. They're the only place that they could be. So that's my unacceptable. Fuck that guy or woman, whoever it was. For some reason, I think it was a guy just because of his, I don't know, because of the douchey tinted windows and this fucking white Mercedes. So I'm going to walk around and look in driveways and be like, dude, you almost hit me. If you hit me, it's going to be a fucking issue. Okay? You hit my dog, you hit my kids, you don't pay attention, I'm going to fucking kill somebody, period. Uh, All right, everybody, 217, so much for the peace. I literally said treat people good and then went to that. Uh, All right, let's go to your guys' unacceptable. Uh, Unacceptable shopping. What's up, Paul? This is from Kevin uh, Pollitt. Pollitt? Polite, polite, polite. Uh, sorry, Kevin. I hope I got it right. One of those should have been right. What's up, Paul? Every time I am at the store that has a self-checkout lanes, I am trying to pay for one or two items. There's always some jackass with a cart full of shit. They are trying to pay for <laughs> at the self-checkout. Take your shit, all 40 pieces of it, and go to the regular checkout lanes so I don't have to watch you try to figure out why your XXL sweatpants aren't scanning. Stop wasting my time. Totally unacceptable. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. You know, I feel like they should make a they should make a thing where self checkout should not be a lot because then you're holding up. Then it's the same difference. You're holding up other people that have self. How about self checkout? How about like twenty items or less? That'd be a good one. Twenty items or less. So you know you could do it real quick, but you can't have a full fucking cart. At some point, you have to go look. I bought a bunch of shit in here. I'm going to wait online. I love the unacceptable, Kevin. Thank you so much for the submission. Uh, here we go. Um, oh, college student and regular writer into uh, writer intoer of <laughs> writer into of the Verzi effect is Blair Stewart with a doctor unacceptable. Um, here we go. All right. I'll read this one here only because, you know, normally when the regulars keep writing in, I can't read them all the time, but it's a new year. And uh, this one says doctor on it, everybody. So here we go, Blair. Hi, Paul. This unacceptable has been plaguing me for over six months now. I've suffered my whole life from conditions that sound a lot like what you have, uh, you may have haunted you throughout 2006. Oh, okay. Okay. So you've been dealing with some issues. Okay. What may have haunted you throughout 2016. I saw my family doctor in June, and he said he couldn't prescribe me what I needed until I saw a specialist. There are only one of these types of specialists in my area, and I had to wait until October to see him. This specialist scheduled me three times until I had to find a uh, psychologist uh, far away from my house, uh, far away from my home, a week ago. He immediately faxed his prescription recommendation so that I could finally get some relief. My doctor calls me a week after getting the letter to say he can't prescribe that, 
but can try something else instead. Unacceptable for multiple doctors that look at mental issues uh, secondary as secondary and for making me wait this long for help. Hopefully it's not much longer. Thanks. Uh, thank you for the podcast. Go Giants. Well, um, yeah. Um, fortunately for me, all of my doctors were on the same page. My primary doc, actually two primary doctors, because when I was going through what I was going through, my primary doctor was on vacation and he was so cool. And, um, you know, we like each other a lot. I love my doctor and he, he's, you know, likes me a lot. He actually called me from vacation and wanted to see how I was doing and was like, like he felt bad. He was on vacation. I was going through, I was going through and this guy actually called me and, uh, you know, we talked and then. Um, I went to my other primary doctor from when I was in high school and college who my family still goes to. So I was able to go in that way. And um, yeah, so I, everybody was on the same page. The psychologist and my doctors were on the same page. Uh, psychiatrist was on the same page. Like everybody that, you know, when I was going through, I was going through was on the same page. It sounds like, you know, you're in a place where there was like, no, nah, don't get this, get this. And that could definitely be. So, you know, the one thing I'll tell you, and thank you for the, um, thank you for the submission. Uh, I appreciate it. And I could totally see how it's unacceptable, um, what you're feeling because you know, your, your mental state, your fucking brain and the chemicals in your brain, that's a very important thing. Like I told you before, and like I told anybody, if you're going through that, the best thing to do, man, is stay off any kind of substance. Even, I'm telling you, even if like, oh no, a weed makes me feel better. Don't do anything that's going to alter your mind. No booze, no weed, get sleep, rest, and get on the meds. And for like two weeks, do it that way, man, to make yourself feel better. I hope it works out for you. Thank you for the submission. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> this is a great one. I see it already. Okay, so this is called um, Belgian Unacceptable from... Uh, from Lorenzo. All right. From Belgium. Here we go. Uh, hi, Paul. First of all, let me wish you a very happy 2017. Now that the holidays are over, we must carry on the fight against animals all across the world. I agree. I agree. We're going to take this fight into the next year, everybody. Uh, I'm sure not all of them, uh, pause for the moment, uh, to contemplate their way of life. Uh, my first unacceptable is one that I witnessed this weekend at the supermarket. See attached picture. When I drove up to the parking lot of the supermarket, my path was blocked by a row of shopping carts. These carts were put in the design, uh, designated area, but the, the row was so long that they came out of the little shopping cart shack and blocked the road. Dude, I am looking at this, and you know that little, you know, like if you go to Target, they have them. They have that little shopping cart shed or like just like overhead, like hood with the thing. This thing is all the way out blocking cars. It's ridiculous. These carts were clearly collected by an employee of the supermarket, but instead of uh, disconnecting the row in the middle and making two rows, this animal said, fuck this and fuck the customers that want to park on this parking lot. Um, this guy or girl should go <laughs> to the gentleman move now and quit. Uh, his slash her job because it's obviously the shopping cart collection career uh, is going nowhere. 2017 is full of opportunity. It shouldn't be wasted on half-ass work like this. You guys got to see the line of carts. It actually really is funny. The car would have to go around it and almost hit like something else or other cars. Hilarious. Um, my second unacceptable actually is a French one. 
when my fiance and me went on vacation in the south of France this November, we went out for dinner one night. We went to a nice restaurant right next to our hotel. This wasn't a fancy place, but a normal, typical French restaurant in the city of uh, Montpellier. Uh, Yeah, Montpellier. Um, We were welcomed with open arms and had a nice, healthy meal. Everything was perfect until I asked the check uh, paid and got up to get our coats. Then I witnessed pure animal behavior. The waitress that cleaned our table took our little bread basket and gave it to other guests. Wow. That had just sat down and were looking uh, in the menu to order. Uh, Even though this bread basket was full and we hadn't touched it, it was unacceptable. This customers didn't notice anything. We were stunned and relieved we ourselves hadn't eaten any bread. Imagine this bread basket could be table hopped all night in this restaurant between tables of loud English drunk Germans and smelly Dutch tourists. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I was tired and concluded uh, this wasn't uh, my fight anymore and left the restaurant. Lock that animal of a waitress up in a cage and give her nothing else to eat but breadsticks that have soaked in toilet water. Kind regards, Lorenzo. Um, both are great unacceptables. The picture of the carts coming out of that thing where they're supposed to be. It's like, at one, at what point did somebody say, look, man, let's make a second row here, a second line so people could get by. And the other one, although the bread's not eaten, I hear you. It's just, or at least, I mean, listen, if the bread, here's what I would say. If the bread wasn't touched and the napkins over it, at least take it to the back kitchen and talk to a manager and make sure you, you know, you make like talk to them and just be like, look, man, nobody touched this. It just sat there, but I don't know if somebody did try to put their hands on it. What should I do? But you can't do that regardless. So I think I'm just trying to be reasonable about it, but it's still, it's still ridiculous and unacceptable. And then the fact that they did it in front of other people, ridiculous too. The whole thing. I love them both. Thank you, and uh, Happy New Year to you out in Belgium, man. I'd love to come out there. Uh, Here we go. All right. Unacceptable. Mike fucking Vic. Robert Thompson out there in ATL. Let's see. Unacceptable that Mike Vic was praised during the last regular season game for the Falcons. This low-life piece of shit should be in jail until he breathes his last breath. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, But let me... I'll finish this, and I'll give you my take. But yet... These fucking animals praise him for his torture on animals. This guy didn't just house pit bull fighters, but actually participated and had his own dogs fight. Uh, he shrugged, uh, what's that? He shrunk, uh, uh, shrug, I'm sorry, strung dogs from trees as children watched, and yet everyone forgets what a piece of shit that this asshole is and let him continue to make millions and pretend he's a good human being unacceptable. And I hope he burns in hell for eternity. Uh, as always much love Bobby T. All right, listen. All right, here's the deal. All right. This one is going to upset some people. This one's going to make, and, and I'm just, all I can do is be honest here. Okay. Um, uh, let me start off by saying, you guys know, I talk about it. I have a dog. All right. I'm an animal lover. I got two cats and a dog. I got a fucking fish. I like animals. I love animals. I think they're innocent. They're cool. They're fucking great companions. Um, I'll also go as far as to say what Mike Vick did uh, is a despicable act and and all that stuff. I think it's terrible what he did. However, um, this is where 
you know, and, and, you know, granted, I, I get what you're saying. Maybe they could tone it down a little bit, or they could say, listen, what he did with the dog is horrible, but let's still, you know, his football was great or whatever. But I'll say this, um, I'll say this, Bobby, and I mean this, dude. I, I think you're going a little overboard here, man. You know, let's not forget, this man lost, this man lost time in his life. This man lost $100 million. Uh, he lost prime years of his career. I, at some point, you got to say somebody paid the price. You know, when you lose $100 million um, and and you did go to jail, this man did jail time. You know, he what he did to the animals, 100% wrong, 100% wrong. Uh, but I don't know about, I don't know about this one. You know, and, and you guys tell me what you think, you know, right in, I'll talk about it. I'm not trying to get anybody fucking all freaked out and start a fight here, but come on, man, you lose a hundred million dollars. You lose prime years. He admitted it. He pled guilty to it right now. From what I understand, he has saved a lot more dogs lately over the past years from this, saving them, giving, getting them homes, um, contributing a ton of money. Uh, doing a lot of things, and and you know I think that there needs to be something said about that. You know, I mean somebody does deserve a second chance. Now, um, what he did with the dogs is awful, and I'm not trying to make an excuse here because I watched. As a matter of fact, my son is really into football, and we watch a football life, and we were watching the Mike Vick one, and my son, seven years old, I didn't really say much to him about the dog thing. I was letting him watch it, and then I said, yeah, he did something really bad with animals and, and with dogs, and he treated them, and I wanted to see if my son would grasp it. And my seven-year-old is a very, very smart little boy. He's a very, honestly, I'm not saying that because he's my son. All of his teachers, um, put it this way, his teacher in parent-teacher conference like almost cried one time saying that like he just, he gets it. My son is a very empathetic, good kid. He loves football. He's watching the, He's watching this, and... Uh, the part of the dogs comes uh, on the, um, you know, the, the, the dog thing starts to come on the, the, the football life documentary. And my son gets quiet and he watches and he said, that's really bad. And he looked at me and he said, that's really bad. And he said, it's so horrible what he did. And um, then he said, you know, he saw that he went to jail and he saw that he lost some things. He saw that he was helping and speaking places. And listen, people could say it's genuine or not, and he's a sociopath and he doesn't really mean it and he has to act like that. At the end of the day, he's still doing it. You know, at the end of the day, he's still talking to places. Dogs have been saved. I think he, you know, I think he grew up in a culture, but anyway, I'll get back to the story. My son is watching this and my son is like, what he did? And I said, yeah, I said, he's a really great, one of the most exciting football players. And my son said, yeah, what he did is really, really bad though. But, you know, and then my son said, but he, he paid for it. And then he said, but it's still really bad. And I and, and I, I get that. Like, I feel like a seven-year-old looked at it like what he did was bad and he was a great football player. What he did was horrible. And even though he paid for it, it's still horrible, but he was a good football player. And I feel like if you're doing an Atlanta Falcons game and you see him there or a record was broken and his name is associated in the conversation, you're not going to go right to the to that. You're not going to go to the bad shit. You're going to go to the good shit. And listen, brother, I, I appreciate the unacceptable and I could appreciate somebody that loves dogs and animals so much that they're saying that, but you got to understand like from a, there's another, there's a flip side to that. Now, if he, if he only paid a fine and never went to jail, I would be like, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I, I I'm totally with this unacceptable, but he, he lost a mil, a hundred million dollars. And I'll be honest with you. I don't think that that I don't think that that's that's right. I don't think he should have lost a hundred million dollars. 
I think that he should have done time in jail. I think that he definitely um, needed to be punished for that. I think it's a horrible, horrific, piece of shit thing to do. But when you lose $100 million and you go to jail for two years or whatever it was, you know, two years in jail, $100 million, and I saw the jail cell he was sitting in, that's got, that's, I think that that's a punishment. I, I do. I do. I, you know, I, and I'm not trying to say that animals aren't important or anything like that or they're not, you know, when I say that they're not human beings, but that's really a lot. And I think sometimes somebody paid the price. I think Ray Rice paid the fucking price. You know, and here's why Ray Ray Rice uh, paid the price. I know this shit is hard to say. Ray Rice paid the price, um, because the NFL knew what he did. And then just when the video went public, he lost everything. They knew what he did. They saw what he did. He did a despicable act in the in the thing. He knocked his girlfriend out, or he hit her. She hit her head in the elevator. She was knocked out cold. And they gave the guy a two game suspension. And then when it went public, he fucking lost his career. You know, at some point, you pay for what you did. Uh, you know, nobody was killing any human beings here. I know when he hit his wife, it was a horrible thing to do. But, you know, when is a punishment enough? I guess that's my question. So, and another thing I'm going to say about Mike Vick, and some people are going to disagree and be upset, and some people aren't. And I'm not saying that this is all right, okay? But from when Mike Vick was seven years old, he grew up with his father, with his uncles, with P. He grew up watching dog pit fights. He grew up watching pit bulls fight like that. And he grew up, and you say like he did horrible things to dogs in front of his children. Um, and again, I'm not. It's it's fucking awful. It's all awful. And he deserved the fucking punishment that he did for these horrific acts. But I think he was doing things that he saw when he was a kid. And I think that that is a really fucked up thing. And I think that dog fighting thing is a fucked up thing. And I think a little kid being around that is fucked up and growing up in that culture. But that's what he did. So me, we could differ, man. We could have different views on this. Me, I felt like he paid his debt. And I also feel like, um, I feel like, um, you know, he was part of a culture and part of something from when he was a little kid, and, and I think he paid the price. And I think, you know, from what I'm understanding and reading, he's helped saving. I heard he's saving a ton of dogs, and I heard he's don I heard he donated money. I heard he's saving a ton of dogs, and he's doing more good for dogs now than than you know than a lot of people ever have in their lives. So yeah, if you want to look at it like, well, he's just trying to make up for it and be a good human, and it's not real. Fine. Either way, those dogs are saved. And those dogs are better off now because of him. So, he I mean, I at least give him credit for that. Um, I know that was long-winded, but people get crazy about certain things. And I'm not saying you. You have every right to be watching a game and be like, fuck that piece of shit. But I don't know, man. Like, to say, you know, should stay in jail the rest of his life. I mean, there are people that commit murder that get out in eight years, ten years. You know, manslaughter. I mean, this guy did a really fucking horrible thing to some animals. But you think he should be in jail the rest of his life? I don't know about that. I think that's a little too strong. But I want to hear from you guys. And thank you, Robert, for the thing. I'm going to be coming back to, uh, I'll be coming back to uh, the punchline in Atlanta uh, May 18th through the 21st. We can argue about it then. Um, not a crazy argument either. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll, be out, I'll be out that way. But right into the show, let me know. You know, should Mike Vick be talked about with his stats? If Mike Vick, uh, you know, if there's a, a highlight of one of his things during the playoffs, is that okay with some people? Is it, do you get it? Do you, do you think that he paid enough and he should, you know, not be, let me know. Let me know what you guys think. Okay, uh, moving on. All right, here we go. This is from some other country with a name that I cannot 
Kochen Ha. I, I, dude, I'm gonna fuck this up. So you know what? I'm just gonna read this. How about that? Um, oh, this is from the Ukraine. Okay, another gym unacceptable. Hey, Paul, I'm 26 years old, dude from Ukraine. Well, thank you so much, dude, from listening. I got people from fucking Belgium, Ukraine. This is great. Um, first time writing in. That's what I love to see. Um, right, your name, dude. I can't see it. It's all. It's all kinds of different symbols and shit. But um, anyway, thank you. Um, let's see. Absolutely, you love the style. I love that. Thank you. Yes. So you listen to, but yes, it's very. It's an honor to be in the same podcast group as, you know, Bill Burr's and some people tell me listen to Rogan's and they listen to, you know, Bobby Kelly's and and they're putting my podcast here. So thank you so much. So you discovered it, okay, from Bill, uh, and absolutely love his style. Last year, I started following a bodybuilding program. So I listened to podcasts in the gym, though I switched them off during dangerous exercises so that I don't suddenly laugh (laughs) while deadlifting 300 pounds. Anyway, I decided to share this with you, uh, my gym edition, Unacceptable. My Unacceptable are people who leave their shit on benches, uh, Jumping boxes and other exercise equipment. I follow a program with specific exercises, and when I need a bench or a jumping box, I discover that half of the people in the gym uh, left their towels, bottles, keys, phones on them. All right? Uh, So to perform an exercise, I need to hunt down all these cunts scattered throughout the gym, basically having to guess uh, if it's their stuff, and somehow ask them nicely to move their belongings. And if I successfully find this person, they do it with such a look on their face like they're doing me a favor. Not even saying anything. Uh, like, I'm the dick for asking. Uh, I know, I, that's the worst when you call somebody out and then you're the dick. Uh, I'm in the gym five to six days a week and I deal with this at least three times a week. It's driving me so far up the wall that I basically stopped asking people to move their stuff. I'm... Uh, I'm getting so pissed now that I feel I can't ask nicely <laughs> nicely anymore. I just end up using other ways to perform an exercise, usually less comfortable and more risky, uh, or just wait. Yeah, that sucks, dude. Uh, watching every bench like a hawk so that I can come <laughs> so I could come uh, so I can claim one before anybody there anybody puts uh, their stuff on it. Also, Bonus unacceptable. Naked people at their locker room. Oh, that's the worst. Uh, especially two naked friends, one of which is sitting. <laughs> uh, what? One of which is sitting on uh, the locker room bench and another standing very close next to him so that his dick is on the same level with <laughs> the sitting guy's face. Oh, my God. And they're talking, occasionally maintaining eye contact so that if one of them coughs or flinches, the sitting guy will end up with dick in in his mouth. I think you mean mouth. Uh, Makes me cringe in disgust so bad (laughs) to the point that I wonder if there's something wrong with me. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, Anyway, sorry for the long email. Just uh, had to vent. Thanks for the amazing podcast. Best wishes from the Ukraine. Feel better soon if you haven't recovered from your cold yet. Cheers. Well, thank you so much, buddy. I really appreciate that. Hilarious, unacceptable. Uh, and not only are you a first-time, uh, you know, writer into the show or submitter or uh, a first-time submission to the show, but you're doing it from the Ukraine, 
which is fucking crazy, man. Um, the fact that you're loving my shit out there is awesome. I am a really, really big time hater of naked dudes walking around the locker room. And not because, and I hate when people are like, whoa, what do you want to grab his dick? No, it's not that. It's just, I don't want to see that, you know? I don't want to see that. Think about this. Wouldn't it be creepy? And I think this is the best example. How creepy would it be if you would walk past a mirror and start staring at your own dick? I don't do that. You know, I don't do that a lot. I mean, sometimes I admire the size, you know, because I'm packing heat. But uh, <laughs> no, but I don't do that. I don't fucking walk past and just start staring at my dick and looking at my dick. When I'm naked, I'll just, you know, I'm, the, the only time I look at myself naked is if I'm working out or I'm going to the gym and I make sure I just look and I'm like, all right, am I losing weight? You know, is my stomach going down? Is my neck and face like, do I look like I'm getting lean or do I look like I'm getting heavy? That's what I look at. I don't start looking at my dick. So why would I, if I'm not going to look at my own dick, why would I want to stand in a locker room and start looking at some strange dude's dick and balls while talking about a Giants game? I just don't. Me and Bartnick were in this steam room and everybody's got a towel or something. This guy just comes in sneakers on, just dick out naked like a toddler running around. You know, like a toddler whose diaper just got changed, but they didn't put the second diaper on yet, the clean diaper on, so they just took the diaper, and then this guy's running around in his pants. Like, that's what this guy was, he's a fucking grown man putting, like, the steam on the water. It's like, I don't want to see that shit. So I'm totally with you with that. Uh, as far as people putting their stuff on the bench, yeah, it's a complete intrusion, and you know what, if I was you, I would go up and just, I'm starting to do the thing where I'm like, look, is that yours? Yeah, I really need that thing. I need that space. Not as a dick, but, like, don't take advantage of it and don't treat me like that. You know, because it's a basic, it's a common courtesy and it's basic knowledge that, you know what, there's a long bench here for a reason, okay? A lot of people like to use the bench. A lot of people sit down on the bench. Your shit scattered around, it, it's just not, it doesn't, especially when you're trying to work out or, or, or for a machine. So I totally hear you. Uh, great first time submission. Thank you so much. Okay. Last unacceptable for uh, the emails. Let's see where we are on time, everybody. Ooh, 53 minutes. It's going good. All right. Front desk cunt. I know this is a typical one, but I got to vent this. Uh, this is from Ryan, uh, Ryan, by the way, Gennaro. Uh, there's nothing worse than walking into any establishment that has a front desk and having the receptionist hit you with a cunty attitude. It's so beyond ex unacceptable and there's uh, close to no excuse for it. I like to think it's not that hard to fake a smile if you have to, unless something really tragic happened to you, in which case you would stay. Yes, you're right. You should stay home until you're ready to interact with human beings again. 100% agree with that, Ryan. I just walked into the Hilton Hotel to deliver a pie, and this bitch at the front desk had this look on her face like she would rather be anywhere else than her job. I did not. Uh, I did the usual routine and told her... Uh, told her the room number, and she literally barely looked up uh, from her phone and says, not a word, not uh, not a non-verbal gesture, not even a half-fake smile, nothing. We give out reward cards to hotel workers on every delivery so they can save uh, them up for a free pie. I wasn't going to give her one because I didn't want I didn't want to look at her cunt face again. Good for you, uh, but I did anyway. Oh, nice. This time, she didn't even look up, so she couldn't see that I had extended my hand out to give her the rewards card. I dropped the card onto her desk and walked out. Good for you. Good for you. 
You know what you should do next time you go there? You should go, hey, did you enjoy that card? Because I didn't hear any, I didn't get a response from you when I gave it to you. So I just wanted to make sure you got it. Did you enjoy it? Good, good. And then walk away. What a cunt. Um, thank you so much for the uh, unacceptables, guys. Please send your unacceptables in. And you know where to send them. Send them to unacceptables for TVE. That's right, everybody. Unacceptables for TVE at uh, unacceptable for TV. Hold on a second here. At Gmail. That's right. At Gmail. Unacceptable for TVE at Gmail. Um, let's see here. Let's see. What else do we have? Um, okay. Uh, this is from Danny Clow. Um, at Paul Verzi, unacceptable, is a picture of a man reading his folder on a subway. His shoes are off. His shoes are, like, neatly next to him to the side. So it almost looks like he put his shoes next to his bed or his hotel room, and his bare feet and black socks are all over the subway floor getting dirty. That's gross. Uh, here we go from Chris Kelly at Chris Kelly 509 Uh, guy pisses in urinal next to me and doesn't flush. <laughs> Unacceptable. Okay, uh, here we go. This is from uh, SHP Official. Uh, fell behind but catching up, or fell behind on TVE but catching up, and you are on point with the goblin, uh, <laughs> with the shit goblin story, a minimum wage. Unacceptable. Happy to be back. Okay, good. Uh, let's see what else we have. By the way, I got the, um, what is it? Son of nothing. I got your text at son of nothing. He put me happy new year and he sent me eggs over medium over a pancake and bacon. Um, awesome. All right. This one is from Sierra Del Fugo, so it's uh, S-I-E-R-R-A, Del, D-E-L-F-U-E-G-O. I live in Iowa, big trucks back in. If you can't stay between the lines, drive into the Mississippi River. He sent a picture of a big truck over in the uh, next spot. Yes, that's always, that is always a regular there. Here we go. Uh... Let's see here. This is from, oh, same guy. Uh, and it's a picture. And it says, no, I don't want to use the scanner to see how much this costs. Uh, I don't work here. You do. And it's one of those things where they give you the scanner and you check. And it was like uh, markers, uh, like uh, crayons, markers, and all that stuff. Um, all right. Is that it? Let's see. Yeah, that is a weird one when they're like, when you go to Target, and you're like, how much is that? And they just give you a gun to walk into it. Uh, let's see. My girl and I uh, wanted to see you. This is from Jeff, J-R-Y-232. My girl and I wanted to see you at the stand tonight. Oh, okay, but it was sold out. Unacceptable. Yeah, sorry, man. Sorry about that. Okay. That's it for the unacceptables, guys. Thank you guys so much. Please send your unacceptables if you want to email them at unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. Dot com and uh, let me see. And the Twitter is at Paul Verzi. And let me just make sure that I got that. I don't know why I'm having an issue with that. Yes, okay, I got it right. Never mind. I saw something. I wanted to make sure nothing changed. Yes, unacceptables for uh, TVE at Gmail. And um, just my Twitter at Paul Verzi. By now, you know it's V I R Z I. 
All right, we got some other stuff to uh, to talk about and get into here. So, all right, let's talk about sports for a little bit. I'm, I'm an hour in. We're going to go a little more than an hour. All right, we're going to go a little more than an hour. Um, well, we have to because I got a lot more show, everybody. So buckle up. I'm not even done, everybody, okay? We got more time on this motherfucker. How about that? See, there's no reason to curse. And if your children are listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? We got to talk some sports. We got to talk a movie. We're going to talk some plugs. We're going to get this damn thing done. Um, all right. The New York football giants, I just talked about this. So if you didn't see this on the NFL network, um, then if you didn't see this on the, on the network, then you're going to hear it right now, everybody. You will know my opinion on this. And I am telling you right now, I am not saying this because I am a Giants fan. Because I will be the first to tell you, uh, it is definitely a scary feat what the Giants need to do in order to get to and win the Super Bowl. They're going to need to win in, uh, I mean, they've done it before, but they're going to need to win in a cold Green Bay like they did before. They're going to need to win in Dallas like they did before. Then they're going to have to win, you know, an NFC championship like they have before with this quarterback and then go into the Super Bowl and win that. I mean, it's a, we've done it twice before, but it is a difficult feat to do it three times. It's very, very tough. Um, they'd have to beat the Dallas Cowboys three times when, you know, it's just a really, really rough, rough thing. That being said, I am baffled by the fact that the New York Giants are not getting a chance. I do not understand why the New York Giants are um, only getting a 34% chance to win from Vegas odds. They're a four and a half point um, dog. They um, are talking about Aaron Rodgers, you know, being on a roll, which he is, and the Packers being on a roll, which he is. But let's not forget, let's really not forget that the Giants won, what, nine of their last 12 games, nine of whatever it was. You know, still could have beaten the Eagles at that game. You know, when when they did everything wrong and they spotted the Eagles 14 points, they still were in the game. Out of all five games, I'm going to list the reason why I think the Giants are going to win this game or will be in this game. I think they can win the game by double digits. I think the Giants can win this game against the, the, um, the Packers by 10. I really believe the Giants can win against the Packers by 10. I believe that. And here's why. Okay. Every game that we lost, the five games that we lost, including the one to the Packers, which we were a completely different team, by the way, when we played them in October. Okay, and I like the Packers, and I like Aaron Rodgers, and it's an organization that I like. I, I think Lambeau Field is like the Yankee Stadium of football, the whole deal. I'm not sitting here shitting on the Packers, okay? But every game the Giants lost this year, we were in in the fourth quarter. The only game that I felt like we got straight up dominated and like didn't make things happen from beginning to end was against the Steelers. Okay, uh, we played bad against the Packers the first time. We were still in the game. They didn't play great either. Um, I don't think this Packers team is uh, is is really as good as old Packer teams. I think yes, they're on a roll and timing is everything. But you know what? Our defense is our defense is uh, really good. Our defensive backs are going to have guys locked up. Our defense has kept us in every game. I think they're going to even be more so on this game. Um, and I think that, uh, on defense, I think we'll be in the game. Uh, I do think the only way we lose this game, the only way the Giants lose this game is a turnover battle. If we win the turnover battle, we're going to win the game. And I think we're going to win the game by double digits. I think that, and I, I, and I'm not just saying that cause I'm a Giants fan, you know, I let Aaron Rodgers run around and do what he wants to do. As long as our D backs lock up the receivers and do their job, we're going to be fine. I, 
like the defensive line. I think we're a different team. Uh, and then there's another aspect of this that nobody's talking about, okay? And I'm going to bring this up right now. I should have brought this up today. Great players, legendary players, and Hall of Fame players are legendary and Hall of Famers because they step up in the big moment, okay? Yes, there are a handful of great players that never made it to the playoffs and they still got in on numbers. But I'm talking about the special players. I'm talking about the Bradys. I'm talking about the Jeters. I'm talking about the Kobe's and the Michael Jordans and the LeBron Jameses. I'm talking about um, the Jerry Rices and the Montanas. I think, and I could be wrong, but I think Odell Beckham Jr. is that and I think that he's going to have even a little extra. And I think he may even create stuff and give such a problem to the Packers defense that it's going to create a, a, an easier day for Shepard and Cruz. And I really like the Giants' chances for those reasons. I think you have guys that are superstars that this is the first time they're on a stage like an Odell Beckham Jr., first time in the playoffs. He's so excited, you know. And I think he's going to be ready. I think the defense is getting disrespected. I think every time the Giants keep hearing how much they can't win this game, I think everybody's talking about how Aaron Rodgers is on fire and he's going to go there totally disrespecting what the Giants' defense on the other side of the ball is going to do. And I think it's up to Eli Manning and his experience and being the two-time Super Bowl champion, the two-time Super Bowl MVP, Hall of Famer that he is, in my opinion. I've told you guys many times that. I think he's, he's, going, to, he's going to show that. Or at least he's got the experience to show that, and he knows he can't throw the ball. He knows he can't turn the ball over. So, for all of those reasons, yes, they're on fire. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is playing good. Defense wins championships, everybody. You guys know it. Defense keeps you in ball games, and defense wins championships. So, if Aaron Rodgers goes in there, he pitches a fucking perfect game, and and our D-backs aren't ready, and he, you know, then fine. But if our defense, from what I've seen to this point, till right now, till this Sunday's game. If our defense does what it's supposed to do and keeps us in the game, as long as Eli doesn't throw any picks or make any mistakes and our offensive line could give him a little, I think we win the game. And I think we could win the game by 10 points. So um, if I'm a betting man, I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking the points. And if you want to tease them, then you could tease it. And then you tease the Giants getting 10 and a half. And I love that bet. I really, I love that bet. So we'll see. Am I talking with my heart? I really don't think so. Maybe I'm lying to myself, but I think for all those reasons, that's why. You know, I I get it that they've won six in a row and they've run the table, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, the, the, the Lions were not in the game a lot, but the Lions weren't done in that game, and they don't have nearly as good of a defense as we do. So uh, there you go. I, we're in the game. We're in the game because of our defense. We'll see what Eli does, and we'll see if Odell Beckham can get on that big stage. Like, I know he's been, you know, chomping at the bit to do and make an impact, you know. So that that's why I think the Giants win the game. I think the Texans win, and I think the Steelers win. Uh, you know, so is that all for? No. So who is it? It's the, uh, yeah, I think the Texans will beat the Ra- Raiders. I think the Steelers will beat the... Who's the other? What are the other fucking games? Hold on a second. Let me. Um, let me see here. I can't believe I'm forgetting. Why the fuck? Every time I go to ESPN, it goes to the ESPN like Deportes, like it goes to the Spanish one. It's like on default, and I don't know why. Um, I don't know why I'm blank. Yeah, there, there it went again. 
What the f hold on. Sorry, everybody. See, this is the one reason why. Well, you should get a producer. Listen, I'm not going to get a producer. Everyone's like, well, you know, you got a podcast that's doing well, and, you know, maybe you should have a jingle at the beginning, a Verzi Effect song, or maybe you should do something. Maybe you should have, you know, recorded commercials, or maybe you should uh, have a producer there. No, guys, I'm doing this the same way I did it six years ago. I'm doing this old school. I'm not going to ask you guys for fucking donate money. All right, let's see here. Would it be that much better? Would my podcast be that much better for you if you listened to the beginning of it and it was like TVE fucking blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And then all of a sudden, hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. And we got fucking, you know, Teddy behind the glass over there, even though there's no glass. And he's going to be helping me out today. Hey, Teddy, what do we got? We got a good show today. All right, who's on? Like, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. I talk shit. That's what I'm going to do. Um, so... What was the uh, other one? Oh, Detroit, Seattle. I'm sorry, everybody. Detroit, Seattle. All right. So my picks are, I think, uh, and I got you. Got to give me some credibility. I said Giants going to win 10, 11 games, go to the playoffs. You got to give me something. You got to give me something there. Okay. Here's what I think this week. Here's who I like. Nobody's giving the the Detroit a chance. I like Detroit. I like Matthew Stafford to get over the hump. I like Detroit. I like Detroit to upset Seattle in Seattle. I don't think that's the same Seattle team. I like the Giants to upset Green Bay. Uh, and I do like the other two favorites. So actually, you could look at it like this. I like both underdogs in the NFC, and I like both favorites in the AFC. I like Houston. Unfortunate what happened to the uh, Oakland Raiders. It really is. Losing that quarterback, they were flying. They were going to go probably be the number one seed. And uh, they they ended up being the five, and I feel I feel bad. So, uh, but I don't think they're gonna have enough. And it's in Houston, and Houston wants to go. So I I, I mean I I like I like the uh, Texans. I like the Steelers over Miami and Pittsburgh. I like the Giants, and I like the uh, the Detroit Lions. So there you have it. As far as the Knicks guys, they lost six in a row. They lost to Orlando and Milwaukee back to back at home. So fucking awful. You just can't do that. I'm really starting to, you know, look, I think they'll win more games than they won last year. And I think that, uh, you know, they'll they'll squeak into the playoffs. But this team is not, something needs to happen here. Something needs to happen. Um, I'm not going to say clean house because I like what some people are doing. I think we need a blockbuster trade. That's what I think we need. You know, I know mellow is mellow. I think we need a blockbuster trade. Maybe Carmelo Anthony, somebody else, and go get like a big young player that could play with Przingis, and we start like really trying to build for the next three, four years. Um, you're not really going to do much in the East unless you get something nuts anyway with LeBron there. So you might as well start planning for like three or four years. Um, get a nice, exciting team that can make some noise early in the playoffs until you ultimately get a player that gets you over the hump. This is just not working. So. Um, and that's pretty much it for sports. Okay. Movies, everybody. I saw this movie. My neighbor referred me to this movie uh, because I like um, I like the docs. You know, I like the, the documentaries. And um, I like the, the crime stuff, too. 
And uh, I am going to give a spoiler here because it's been out there for a while. It's not some nutty documentary that everybody's talking about and everybody loves. In fact, I'll say it wasn't even one of the better ones, but it was one of the more interesting ones. Like, I wasn't, like, locked in, glued, but it's called um, The Confessions of Thomas Quick, okay? It's called The Confessions of Thomas Quick. It's about the Swedish guy who was in an insane asylum for, like, um, I guess 23 years and... Um, you know, he's just confessing and he's saying that he, uh, you know, there was a, a boy, uh, Johan something, rest his soul, awful story, um, was found and he was found, uh, strangled to death and raped. And, um, I guess Thomas Quick was like his alias or like his crazy person name. His real name was like Sturon, Sturgis, I don't know, some, some Swedish name, but, um, his alter ego or whatever was Thomas Quick. Or something, something like that. And uh, he went by the name Thomas Quick. And, and you know, he said that, you know, he talked. He talked about um, dismembering uh, some, some of these people. And younger boys, 15-year-old boys, younger boys. And eating parts of their body. And, and, and then raping them. Or, 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 I mean, raping them and then cutting them up and eating them. Um, similar stuff to Dahmer, just with younger guys. And, you know, he's sitting there and he's talking. And, um he confessed to it, and then he's just, you know, they said he was so crazy that he they kept him in like an insane, like a prison, but it was more of a an insane thing where he would just lay down and he would talk to therapists, and he would talk to therapists all the time about what happened and how he did it and where he did it, and um, you know that his they talked about it. He would talk about that it happened because he saw his parents. He, uh, abuse him and, and that his parents did awful things that he witnessed so then he did them and all this and that and, and you're listening to all this and it's like an hour and a half documentary and then towards the end after 23 years and years and years and multiple therapists and going out to sites to try to locate the body he would go out and they'd go in a van and he would say I'll show you where the body is and he would go out into the woods and he'd start crying and he would start pointing and trying to figure out where he left the body. And he would start saying all these stories that happened only to find out. Spoiler alert, okay? So you could go away, you could fast forward um, for years and all these murders. He did none of it. He did none of it. His confessions were because he was lonely and for attention and he was living his life through friendships with therapists and he did none of it. You know, he didn't do this shit. He was lonely. He was like one of six or seven kids. He kind of was under the radar with his parents. They didn't they didn't take him seriously. They didn't care about him. So he was just a lonely guy. And 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 I think he went off the deep end because he, you know, he realized that he was um homosexual and he had one relationship with this man who was older than him, maybe 14, 15 years older than him. And he loved the guy and he lived with the guy. And, you know, he had like a it was like the first time he was happy, and then the guy died. And, and he went off the deep end and, uh, you know, apparently way off the deep end, like cannonball, <laughs> you know, this, mother, this motherfucker dove in deep end, man. And, um, you know, he made up all of these stories and he would find out all the murders and he would just say it was him and like all the murders that were like undiscussed, like, you know, that they didn't, that they didn't solve. So, uh, that was pretty interesting. Like, like I said, I wasn't locked into it. Because the way they did it, you're kind of like, all right, I get it, dude. This guy's a psycho. You know, he's, he's, he's estranged from his siblings. He's fucking nuts. He, you know, he's saying that he did this and that. He put his name, his family name 
for 23 years. His family name was. This guy was like a fucking Dahmer. This is the worst serial killer in Sweden. Like, this is the worst. Like, this is one of the worst in that country ever and all this stuff. And he didn't do it. He was just a lonely guy who wanted attention to the point where, like, finally, finally, after years, people talked to him and like, no, this guy didn't do it. But it took years and years and years. So uh, that's the one. It's called Confessions of Thomas Quick. You could check it out. I mean, I know I just ruined it, but just listening to the stories and listening to what happened is pretty nuts. Uh, all right, everybody. That's the show. Hour and 15 minutes, 288. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This has been the Verzi Effect podcast, the first one um, on this Thursday, January 5th, 2017. Um, plugs, guys. I will be um, doing a bunch of shows in New York City uh, the rest of the month of January. Uh, I will be performing and headlining at the Comedy Connection. I'm going back to Providence, working my hour. I'm going to be shooting a special. It looks like April or May, definitely in the window of late April, early May. I am going to be shooting a comedy special. You will have more details on where it will be, uh, what networks, how I'm doing it, where I'm doing it, where you could see it, where it will be available, all that stuff. But I will be shooting it at that time. And I will be running that hour at the Comedy Connection. Okay, February 17th and 18th, three shows, uh, get tickets, last time tickets went crazy out there, um, and it was amazing to have all those people come out, and I haven't really been in the New England area too much doing, doing multiple shows, and I haven't been to Boston, so I'm going to Providence, so uh, please get those tickets, you could go online and you could see them, it's on their website right now, the uh, Providence Comedy Connection uh, February 17th and 18th. I'll be in New York City locally before that. Um, oh, February 3rd. February 3rd, I will be in Mount Arlington, New Jersey. Mount Arlington, New Jersey, February 3rd at the Courtyard Marriott. Headlining a show for the Comedy Shop. The Comedy Shop at the Courtyard Marriott. February 3rd, Mount Arlington, New Jersey. So you could check that out as well. And uh, more shows and more stuff to plug next time. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Until episode 289, I am out of here. Take care.